Hi, everyone, and welcome to another road trip episode of Campfire Adventures. I'm your host, Dylan, and I just want to give a big thank you to everyone out there in podcast land for listening to another episode of our show. I wouldn't feel complete without you all being here just listening to this and me speaking these stories. And speaking of having people being out here listening to this, I actually have someone joining us to listen to this week's episode. So here's a special thank you to my best home slice, Lucy Lorraine. Hi. Hi, it's so nice to hear your voice. Ditto. Well, thank you for being here for this episode. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Of course. And um, if you've been following along with the road trip, uh, Lori and everybody else out there, then you might know that this adventure is finally winding down. This is the fourth episode before we hit the last 48 states. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, at least the states that we could actually drive to, that is. And um, right now we are in Idaho, if you're wondering. And we actually got to camp out here at a campground near the Lava Hot Springs, which has so many different things to offer. I mean, for instance, hot springs. I mean, hello, that sounds awesome. You can actually go in there and take a dip. And they have hiking trails and just the mountain scenery is out of this world. And uh, before we got here, we actually stopped off in a city called Idaho Falls. And uh, we got to explore that. But we can talk more and more about the little trip adventures that we had at the end of the episode, like we usually do. And, you know, I know that you all come here for a cool, creepy, but crazy story. And we got a really good one for you. So with that said, I guess we should just get into it. So it's time to grab a drink. Right now we're by a river in the car. And it's time to get into today's story. Okay, our story takes place in Pocateo, Idaho, but more specifically by the Snake River. And if you think you've heard of this river before, because maybe you're from the area and you're thinking, well, hey, wait a second, I don't live in Idaho, but I know that that's a river and it goes through my state. Well, you wouldn't be wrong because this river is huge. It travels from Wyoming through Idaho into Washington, and then lastly in Oregon. And it houses a wild salmon population of more than 2 million. And on top of that, you can ride boats in it and do so much more water recreational activities. And okay, you might be thinking, wow, all this sounds great, but what's the supernatural point to this whole summary? And don't worry, because I got you. So this river, it goes through a state park known as Massacre Rock. And I know, a pretty intense name. But back in the day, Massacre Rock was a popular place that people had to pass through along their route of the Oregon Trail. And then nowadays, you know, you might not be going along the Oregon Trail, but you can come to this state park and you can climb on the rocks. You can walk along the river and enjoy the scenery. And if you're quiet enough, you might be able to hear the faint cry of children flowing along the riverside. See, 
I told you we're going to get there. But I would like to say that this story does involve a lot to do with children and the idea of passing along and maybe not. So if you feel like that might be too much for you to listen to right now, that's okay. Um, We can go ahead and move on to the next episode later on. But you can also listen to some of the previous ones that we have out on Spotify and on our website and on Apple Podcasts. But that's just a little warning for you out there. I'm going to get into the story right now. So here's where the history lesson ends and the scary story starts. There's a story that has been talked about from generation to generation. And it went something like this. Back in the day, the land surrounding Massacre Rock and that section of the Snake River belonged to the Shoshone Indian tribe. And at this time, back in the day when they owned this section of land, everything seemed to be fine and the tribe was thriving. I could only imagine, you know, we said that whole thing about there being a 2 million salmon population in the river. So I can only imagine back in this time how much more salmon and how much greater the river was itself. Now, there is a whole point to this whole thing, and although everything seemed great, a famine would soon strike the Shoshone tribe, and people would start to succumb to their hunger, and eventually, they had to make some tough calls. Well, one of these calls was that the new babies being born into the tribe had to be sacrificed, and they believed that by sacrificing their lives right away, they would keep them from being forced to starve to death later. Now, I'm pretty conflicted with this part of the story myself because, I mean, come on, who could even imagine doing something like this or being put in that situation? What do you do? I mean, shoot me in the hand, shoot me in the foot. They're two halves of a double-edged sword, and what's the right thing to do? So what did the mothers decide? Well, in order to not have their babies starve later, they decided to do the unthinkable. The mothers took their children to Snake River, and I'm sure with so much pain in their hearts, they gave their children to the river and let them drown instead of dying of hunger. And okay, I know, I know, this is heavy. Like I told you, I was warning you earlier, this is heavy. And this story in this section is one of the hardest that we've done in this podcast. But this is how the legend goes, so I want to tell it in its entirety. So after the deed was done and the mothers returned to their tribes, The children soon sank to the bottom of the river. However, they wouldn't die. They actually survived drowning and then ultimately the famine because they grew gills and fins. This helped them adapt to swim throughout the river. And these adapting babies, they started to feed on the wildlife there. So like fish and other small creatures that they can get to. So stories of these hybrid children started to make their way around the area. And these forgotten children would eventually be named water babies. To this day, it's said you can hear the water babies make cries in the river in hopes of luring an unsuspecting victim to their own watery grave. Now, some people say that these water babies only want to play with people, and they want to mess around by making them hear things and different noises to bring them closer to the river, but they actually don't want to hurt anybody. But that's just one theory. Because others say that these babies are looking for revenge against their mothers, the people who brought them to their death in Snake River, but ultimately leading them to a new life as a so-called water baby. Now, I haven't found any proof of the deaths caused by mysterious voices coming from Snake River, but I did find out that there were also stories about water babies in California, in Utah, in Nevada, and now I'm not 
sure if these water babies from Idaho are making their way out to these different states. But if there are a lot of stories about these creatures or babies living in this water trying to lure people closer to an unsuspecting fate, shouldn't we be a little bit more wary in dismissing the story as maybe a hoax? I mean, I do still have a couple states to go to, and I am going to hit these states that I mentioned above pretty soon. So I might be a little bit more cautious when I go to visit the next few. But I don't know that, you know, we can say whether they're real or not. This is, like I've said, only a legend that's been passed along and passed along. So I wasn't able to actually find tons of evidence to prove any of this. But all I know is that this story has had the staying power within the local community. And it's continued to be one of the scariest tales that's told to anybody who's from Idaho. And now even in our podcast, so anyone who listens to this. So do you think that they're real? Do I think that they're real? I really don't know. But there's a lot of stories about it. And it's stood a long, long time. And here we are still talking about it. So I think, like I said before, I'll be a little bit more cautious. But I don't think I can say for sure whether it's real or not. But I guess here we are just once again, stuck with all these extra questions and so many more answers to go find. And I'm not sure if this is going to lead us maybe to another episode where I have more proof to share with you. But the goal of this episode in Idaho was to tell you about something crazy, creepy, but cool. And the craziest thing that I read about was about these water babies. So I'm not sure if they're real, but I definitely am going to be cautious being near the Snake River in Idaho. And maybe just for future reference, I'm going to enjoy some non-aquatic attractions when I go visit Massacre Rock next time. But with that said, I think that leads us to a somewhat short but super interesting episode. What did you think, Lori? I was thinking about how many babies that could have been, their age ranges, how the rest of the tribe felt about it who weren't the mothers, um, and how long of a period of time this all lasted for. Definitely some good questions. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of questions, but that's what I was thinking about, especially because um, I just read an article about children being sacrificed in some parts of Mexico, I believe it was, mm -hmm. and they just determined, and this was ancient Mexico, so thousands of years ago, that they believed, scientists believed, that the children were fed um, some kind of plant. I don't know how to pronounce it. It starts with an A. And that it was meant to alleviate anxiety before the children were sacrificed. I so I, I've, I've read so much about like um, huge sacrificial um, tombs being discovered of, of children mm -hmm. and um, the different purposes of it. I've never heard of this one where it's to prevent, I feel like this is, a little bit nicer like they're trying to prevent pain in their children it's i mean it's definitely sad of course but you know just brings to mind all those other questions definitely and one thing that i did find out when i was reading was a lot of this is happening at a time where there was war breaking out between new settlers and then also the tribes itself so i think it was at least in my perspective that something that they thought like okay well this is the easiest and maybe nicest way to do this is just to let them go in a sacrificial way rather than having to deal with war and famine and stuff like that and maybe also give um the tribe itself like 
their best move forward like you know to preserve food and to figure out if they need to move you know they're not gonna have to worry about the children suffering even more but then yeah but then again we're not there and this is just a legend that's shared so it might not have actually happened but yeah if it didn't happen i wonder what would spur this kind of legend I'm not sure, too, because I, that's what I'm saying. If we would have go to visit this Snake River in Massacre Rock State Park, then maybe we could see if we can hear some crying coming from the river because something has to coincide with each other. Like, right. There has to be a starting point to a story. Exactly. But that's this is just the taste of the water babies of Idaho. And maybe we'll get to go visit, you know, Massacre Rock and get some more history and be able to share that with you all. But I think that's where the episode's going to end today. Did you have any other questions? No, it just makes me want to Google it. Okay. See if yeah. I can answer some of my own questions that I came up with. If you find some answers, let me know, and then we can post them on the website so that way people can like see Lori's investigation. Oh, That'll for sure. Called the Lori investigation. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it'll end up with a little road trip vacation over to Idaho. That would be nice. It's really nice. You know, and what I've seen in Idaho, because now we're going to go into a little bit about, you know, our experience here was like, we left Yellowstone and came down. So you get like mountains and these beautiful tree sceneries. And as we've driven through, we stopped in a major city, Idaho Falls. So I did some laundry out there, got to walk around and see the falls. It's like this giant city park. I don't know how else to describe it. So there's a whole walk around that you can do. And then you get to see these falls that are kind of man-made, but they're Maybe not. I don't know how the water gets funneled through, but you get to see these beautiful falls and they have different animals that are made out of like plants and like um, statues kind of thing. So we saw bison, we saw bears and I got to see a moose, not a real moose. Nice. Oh. Yeah. Real moose is on the list, but that might take a trip to Canada for us to see that. But they had all these different animals that um, they made out of plants and um statues and so that was pretty cool to do a walk around and we hung out there we did half the loop and then turned back around and came back and then i did some laundry at the laundromat which was super nice because you know you get to use your card and a lot of places they'll use cash but the more laundromats that are out there they let you use your card so that makes it easier and then we were able to camp at the lava campground, which it's so nice because it's in between all these different desert-like mountains. And I think that a lot of people don't know that the desert can be so cold at night. So you're in this like little like dip in the mountains. And uh, it was so nice because it's just in this little dip in the mountain. And then you pull in and all of a sudden there's like the lava hot springs and you're seeing this giant pool that they have in this little town and you go a little bit further and then we're in the campsite area. And it's super nice because it's huge. They have so many places for RVs to pull up so many different individual campgrounds, this nice luscious green grass. And I actually went to the wrong campsite and I was like, uh, you guys are in my campsite. And they're like, uh, no, we're in like the group campsite for H. And I was looking for like, um, the smaller tent sites for an H person. <laughs> for the for the H letters. And so I ended up finding my real campsite. And it was super cool because we just pulled in the car. We set up the tent, which was super easy because we're professionals now. Mm-hmm. We had a drink, an adult beverage ready for us while we're getting all this stuff going. Started the fire. 
And we just got to look up at the mountainsides, just go through the sunset and then turn into this really nice, beautiful night sky where you can see all the stars. And it was just super cool. It was one of the best things. And, you know, you just close your eyes for a little bit. And then when you open them, you can see the stars and all their greatness even more. Wow. So it was, it was breathtaking. But it was so cold, you know. And then the grass was so nice and luscious because they actually water it. So it still has a lot of moisture. So you're sleeping there. It's cold. The wind's blowing through, you know. The, the fire went out. And so I was in the tent. And I was just like, okay, let's just try to survive through the night, you know. And then we woke up and... This campsite, I'm telling you, uh, lava campgrounds off the chain because then you go to the bathroom and they these little like um, super nice porta potty kind of things. It's made. It's like a little cottage porta potty thing, and they have like this ventilation system that takes out all the bad air, and uh, you get like Febreze and stuff like that. And so it's super nice. I was like, this must be the nicest you know campsite bathroom that I've ever used in my life. And they had showers and everything. So it was just perfect. We actually had um, a family camping right next to us. And we tried to help them cook their breakfast because they needed a little help with um, some propane. So we helped, we offered help. And I got to talk to them and tell them a little bit about my trip. And they were so nice and so supportive. I, it was like 10 minutes of talking. And then when we were ready to leave, they actually gave me a little donation to our GoFundMe. And they were like, you know, go get yourself some breakfast and good luck with the rest of your trip. And it's just super nice and really refreshing to see how many great people there are still that are out there. You know, I think we really take in a lot and kind of can scare ourselves, but it's super nice when you have those moments and you're just like, oh, wow, you know, this is great. And I think that that's the biggest thing that I'd like to share with you all is that this trip was great. And I'm glad that I'm able to share it with you all and even have people, you know, even have my besties like Lori, come on and be part oh, of it. Super cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, thank you for being here. Um, I think we're going to end the podcast here. So um, any noise you heard is because I'm in my car and Lori's in her house and we're just chilling, telling you a story from Idaho. And um, you can see all the pictures that I told you about on our Instagram and Facebook at Campfire Adventures Podcast. Everything else, like more pictures and information, maybe even the Lori report that's going to come up later you'll find on our website at www.campfireadventurespodcast.com. And I guess with that said, whether you listen to this during the day or the evening, I hope you have a good day or good evening. And I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you for listening. Bye. Good night. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye.